0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Alumni Talks. This is the first episode uh, today with Timo. Uh, Timo now works as a live ops content trainee on Hill Climb Racing 2 for Fingersoft in Finland and graduated just this year, 2022, uh, here from Gotland with a degree in game design and programming. And yeah, so happy to have you here, Timo. Hi.
1: Hi, Elias. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's uh, going to be super exciting. Cool. Yeah.
0: And uh, just to kind of, since this is the first episode and to remind myself and yourself, Timo, and uh, everyone out there listening, um, what we're doing these for is, the idea here is that we will talk about students' journeys into the game industry. And the idea is to talk to students that graduated as recently as possible and Team was setting a good standard here. Uh, I don't think uh, you can graduate much more recently than, I mean, at this point, maybe six months ago or five months ago, four months ago, um, and already be fully employed in the game industry. And yeah, we just want to talk a bit about your journey there, what you wish you would have known uh, during your education, um, what kind of trials and tribulations you went through to get to where you are right now. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the idea behind it. And I think we will just start at the beginning, um, going to talk a bit about, uh, how did you even stumble across the education here in Gotland? How did you learn about it? What made you decide to come here? Can you just tell us a bit about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> in the beginning, it was dark. There was nothing. No, I mean, this is going to be great because, you know, we're the, we're doing this for the first time it's going to be the first in the series so this is the episode where we learn everything and we make all the mistakes so uh if you're listening to the recording later on you it might be different from the, the future ones but uh hang on tight we'll we'll try to navigate our way through that uh world of the podcast but yeah uh speaking of navigating yeah i'm i actually i had a previous degree from a a bachelor's degree from a business school in Alta University here back in in Finland, and I currently live in in Helsinki finland uh but uh I kinda uh I did business jobs for a while, but uh in my free time, I was always thinking of oh man, it would be really cool to make a game and I was coming up with this like little sketches and stuff, just drawing on my notebook like you know this could be like a character and it could be i don't it could be an infinite runner type thing and then then all the way back in 2016 actually me and my one of my longtime friends we just downloaded unity the version whatever it was at the time and uh we just started making this 3d adventure game which was the title of the game for a very long time but uh sadly we didn't have enough time to actually like work on it full-time because we had other stuff and jobs and and whatever So we kind of had to ditch the project, which was, uh, it was really sad because it was, making a game is really exciting and you have to really think of many different things, you know, not just programming, not just design, not just what it looks like, not just the sound, but, you know, you have to think of the whole picture. And it was, it was, it was really intriguing. And I've been playing games for all of my life, pretty much, Uh, mainly, maybe more towards Nintendo stuff, but my favorite game of all time is Age of Empires 2 and I'm always up for playing a match online against anyone who's interested
0: but so this was all then way before
1: 2019 or was this like 2018 2017 this was this was 2016 15 that time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so in my free time I was just using it to dream about games but But then there's still around three years
0: from from that point until you actually kind of signed up to to move to an island in the middle of the baltic sea and and learn about game design properly or, or fully dedicate yourself to it so yeah how, so how did you make that transition
1: so back in back in my high school days it, it wasn't really a option quote unquote to go study game design it wasn't like in, in the sphere of at least in my head i didn't know there was an option to do that but uh so i went the business direction uh but uh Back in 2018, it's a bit random how I found out about that, the whole game design uh, faculty in, in Gotland. But we were, we were doing a sail, sailing trip with my friends across the Baltic Sea from Germany to Finland. We were supposed to move a sailboat and uh, we were kind of in a hurry. So we were doing, you know, because the idea of sailing sounds like luxurious. You're out there, you know, with the wind in the sun and just, you know, having a good time. But uh, in reality, we were in a big rush. So we had to do really, really long days, like 15 hours a day, of just like grinding the boat forward. Uh, First we went to South Sweden and then we went from there to to Visby. But uh, that trip was pretty miserable because there was no wind, so we had to go with the engine on. And the engine is quite loud, so we sit there on the back deck of the boat for 15 hours. Just listening to the engines just like for 15 hours. So I think we all meant a bit mental through the trip. Psychological and, uh, torture right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to, to like top it all off, uh, there was absolutely no wind for the entire week. So there was no sailing to be had.
0: But so during that um torturous affair of uh, motoring a sailboat through the Baltic, you had a stopover in VSP yeah we yeah, pulled right. into the into the harbor right in front of Yoda yeah basically. yeah, exactly
1: exactly we we came pretty late one night to the Visby harbor, so it was already dark, and we were like using flashlights to to find you know the the boat parking slot on the harbor, and everybody was really tired because the long day we were in the sun and you know we're all you know dehydrated and, and you know not enough food and so on, but uh because it's just guys on a boat, so you know we, we <laughs> the the preparations weren't Necessarily that well done in terms of like you know food and drinks. But, anyways, we arrived late, we're you know, all tired and, and just want to go to sleep. And then the next morning we wake up to another beautiful sunny day and we look around and this and are like, what is this like medieval town? Like, I've I personally have never heard of Visby before. I've I've been to pipi Longstrom's uh place when way back when I was a kid, but I don't remember anything about that. I was like two or three years old. That's a lot of Nordic kids do that. They go visit that place, uh, Villa Villa Kula. Yeah, yeah, Villa Villa Kula is ah. the name of the place. And uh, but anyways, we wake up there. Uh, this is in the, again in the summer of 2018. We wake up refreshed after a good night's sleep and look around like, whoa, we're in this medieval city all of a sudden, and you know, the sun is shining. There's a lot of people because there's a lot of tourists at that time. I think it was like you know mid July or something. So it's like you know the perfect time to go to Vispu. Mm. And we're like, wait a minute, this is freaking paradise. How did we end up here? And then we were just walking around the town, you know, going to shops and buying food and just, you know, gawking at all the old buildings and the beautiful parks and which, you know, later turned out to be Almedalin Park. But we didn't know any of this. So we were just walking around and and randomly, I noticed that there is a university campus, Uppsala University there, and uh, I I, I didn't pay much attention at that time, but it just stuck in my mind, like, okay, there's a campus here, that's that's pretty cool, must must be a really nice place to study. And uh, then later on at the fall of 2018, I, I googled, okay, so what can you actually study there out of curiosity? And lo and behold, you can study game design.
0: It's actually funny because, I mean, back then uh, we were still in the F building, which is right next to Yoda and... Yeah. Basically, looking out at the harbor, so you mm-hmm. could have looked from the boat and read like "Spear" design on the on the door. <laughs> so yeah, <it> saved I saved <laughs> you some
1: googling. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. But well, that's then I found out that, like, hey, wait a minute, actually, you can study game design. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. And then, uh, then I remembered all the time back when I had been doing those little game projects and ideas, and I thought like, hmm. Maybe I should just send an application and see what what, what uh, is going to happen. So that, then I sent my high school diploma and my university degree from the previous university. And lo and behold, I got in. in, in uh, and uh, at that point, I, w- I had to make a choice. Like, I'm, I'm working at the moment. I got this study place from, from Campus Scotland, Uppsala University Game Design. And uh, I just decided, like, no. Screw it. This is like, you know, I've been thinking about this, like, for many years now. And now I have a golden opportunity, like, given to me. Mm-hmm. I, I I need to take this. So I, I quit my job and, and uh, started all the preparations to, to moving to Visibu. I know, And this so was it in the summer August. of 2000, uh, summer, August of 2019. All right. All right. And then, I
0: mean, 2019, a fateful year, uh, I think, I mean, yeah, forever probably enshrined in history, uh, yeah. with COVID coming up. And I mean, it, I I remember it hit Sweden around like, yeah, February March. Really, uh, we yeah, were supposed yeah. to go to uh, GDC with our arcade game. We submitted it like a year late, and then we got that got cancelled due to COVID. And so that was kind of when you oh, just yeah, arrived, yeah. right? So you you were there for for six months, and then everything shut down. Or how was that
1: experience? Yeah, it was a uh... Well, I was there for the fall, so from September to December. And then I flew back to Finland, back home for, for the Christmas time. And then in the spring, I don't remember exactly. I might have visited this per- once or twice during the spring, like January. But then that's when stuff started happening. And you started reading about this news about like what's going on around the world. And uh, then at that point, Finland also took it pretty hard, the like the restrictions and everything. So figured, OK, maybe. Just wait, wait a moment, and like you know, see what happens. And then, lo and behold, it turned out that uh, I wasn't going to come to Vis- back to Vesp for a while.
0: And like, so you completely stayed in Finland until until when?
1: Uh, I stayed until my third year fall, actually. Okay. Which is so back in like last year, twenty twenty one September, I, I moved back to, to Vesp.
0: So you did experimental game design and theory and method and thesis in VSP. Uh,
1: So I did, we did get, the the fall of the third year was the electives time. Okay. So we did game design in practice. We worked on a open world tower defense game. And uh, also there was some art courses that I took two D animation, I think. Mm -hmm. And then there was something, some game design course as well. I forget the name. But yeah, then, then the spring of the third year, I again studied distantly, even though uh decision was to be on campus but uh, i had to kind of uh, i i had to talk with the teachers about the thing about Mm -hmm. the situation i see
0: yeah uh interesting to hear so now we kind of know how you got here and then and how your experience was i mean probably different from some people at least i I mean i had the pleasure of actually living uh, in vsp for all my three years and not Doing a remote education for most of it, but maybe we can talk a bit about even though a lot of it was remote, about what were kind of your highlights uh, of the education, uh, maybe also your lowlights, and 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 try to think about this from the perspective of okay, which experiences during the education were most impactful in terms of getting into the industry later, and maybe which experiences would you say okay. I wish I would have learned this instead because that would have been really helpful instead of doing
1: insert course or activity here. Yeah. Mm, so yeah like like mentioned everyone of us who started studying in 2019 and I, I I suppose by extension 2020 and 20 maybe 2021 maybe so all of us had the additional layer of not just studying at a new school, a new life, and a new environment, but we also had to deal with the whole distance studying, online studying thing. So, that, that by itself was, was like a huge thing, which no one obviously had ever done before not the students or the staff. So, everybody were kind of learning together at that time. So, it, it was quite, uh, quite, uh, it was pretty hard at times and, and difficult and, and pretty lon- lonely too. Because you, you know, you're, as a student, you're just sitting in your room staring at a wall or staring at the computer and if you have a luxury, you can look out the window for a moment, but uh, it's, it's like, uh, it, it was pretty tough studying is, at that time. Is there something you
0: think, I mean, it, it sounded quite tough, but would you say there's, is there an upside to the suffering? Is there, is there like, did it, uh, did it give you some sort of perseverance and persistence? Would you say you grew through it as well or was it just awful in every
1: in every way? So we managed, like in the first year, in the fall, we managed to, you know, start school normally. And we did all the group, group projects, the board games and stuff. And I was really surprised, like, from the get-go, first of all, at Gotland, the, like, the students come from all over the world. It was really surprising, like, you know, whoa, this is a really, really diverse international crowd. And that's freaking amazing. It's like people from everywhere. So it's, it's like from the get-go, you get to, get to learn and meet people from everywhere. And with very different backgrounds, and that was really like eye opening to, to see that. Wait a minute, like you know, this is, and they're all extremely talented and like you know, passionate about the topic of you know, games and, and game design. So it was a lot of fun working together. You know, doing the board games, there's programmers in the groups, there's artists in the groups, project managers, open miners, and I think that's all. <laughs> the but yeah it's like it's a lot of fun working together and we got to do that during the first fall and you know you're sitting face to face in a room together drawing on a whiteboard like you know all the ideas and drawing stuff and then all of a sudden after a couple months all of that stops and now we're just on zoom or on discord calls you know group chats and, and we have to all of a sudden do the same thing but we're either looking at the black books. Just hearing our voices, or if we have cameras on, depending on the mood, or you know, how you're feeling, or what your room looks like. So, you might want to keep it, you know, hidden or not. <laughs> but, uh, uh, or if you have other people living at the house, of course, you know, you don't want to you know, share everything that's happening at the house at the same time. But uh, at that point, we had to really like learn as students to like, how do we talk to each other now? And how do we kind of get that same feeling of being together in a room? brainstorming ideas and developing the game when we're not in the same room. Like starting from like, where do we, where do we like put the inf- like ideas down? Do we just type them in, in text or whatever? And one of the cool things we, it was during the second year vertical slice course. So we do this big game project for nine weeks, I think. And we had a team of nine people, I think. So it was quite large for, for a student team. I think and uh there we had like this whole discord channel set up we had like you know different channels for different topics game design programming art and and whatever and then on top of that we had like voice channels for everyone and they were like called uh demo's cubicle this person's cubicle and and so on and what we did is each person would go to that voice channel and mute themselves but then you would see like okay there are online and they're at their place sitting so you could just hop in to their voice chat or to their cubicle and then you know you it's easy to talk to the person because if you just send a message to someone on on slack or discord you don't know if they're online you don't know if they're available to talk at that moment so it's it it really slows down the the progress or it, iteration like iterations for stuff so that, that was yeah. one thing that really helped you know get, especially us still in the game just have like knowing that okay the person is available and online so you can just hop in and and talk to them did you
0: i mean that's maybe not something that really translates to life now at a company or or to the the journey of having to apply for jobs so it's not not i mean to an extent this is like good problem solving skills right and you like identified a an issue with the way you were collaborating as a team and you found a solution and you could use that like in an interview scenario to convince someone to give you a job but um, are there any sort of experiences because you mentioned okay you had to find creative ways to do design documentation or collaborate right and and I'd imagine that um, maybe at Fingersoft it's not necessarily that everything is just written on whiteboards all over the office right but you you probably want to take notes like in a document that's stored on a on a server somewhere, or like in Google Drive or something. And so, to what extent do you think, kind of, having to get your stuff together, uh, collaborating digitally during your education, did did you think
1: that helped you at all, or, or was it, uh, yeah? Mm, it helped in ultimately. End of the day, like that, that was just an example of how we had to, like things that we liked that worked really well in the first year and and surprised me the w- level of cooperation between different miners and the way we had to all of a sudden adjust that way of working live to an online environment but the end of the day all that is just so that you can make a good game or a good game prototype or whatever it is that you're doing be it the art or music or game design document or or whatever and uh, end of the day usually uh, of course at work here at Fingershot, we you Know everything is documented and you know easily in, in a shareable format and easy to go through like what has been talked before and what are the reasons why stuff is done this way and, and so on. And you can always, of course, ask someone to send a message like, can you explain or give me further reasoning or more about this whatever thing that is being developed? But at the end of the day, even us as students having to figure out, out a way to work efficiently and productively, it just end of the day it leads up to getting a better game product out and that's usually one of the things that that uh is what people at game companies are looking for like what is your portfolio how what have you done before and then on top of that there's that you know what kind of person you are are you able to solve problems quickly can you support a team well and and that kind of stuff but but end of the day from from a student point of view it's the the stuff that you get done during your studies which is is how you can be measured
0: mm-hmm. great transition i think right so you, you're saying okay uh portfolio and soft skills kind of right are the two two measuring sticks at least in your experience uh, yeah. of, of in in the yeah, job hunt to get a gig in the industry so maybe you can talk a bit about how how this was for you so when when did you start looking for jobs how how did you start putting together a portfolio What did you look for? What did you use? Like, Where did you host it? Uh, Yeah, but maybe start like when did you start even applying for jobs and kind of how how was that
1: journey? What did you learn along the way? Yeah, so I started actually looking for jobs already during the first year. Like I started sending applications and uh, (laughs) looking back at those applications, man, I got nothing to show. (laughs) <laughs> it was such a, a like blank person, blank piece of paper. I got nothing to show for myself. Like I've done like what two programming courses, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a programmer, I can do it. And I was just sending applications, and, and I was ghosted so many times. It's like you know, obviously, <laughs> it's, it's not like you know, compared to someone who has like three years of programming experience or has graduated, is on a completely different level than someone that understands what is a uh, uh, a pointer in Mm -hmm. programming
0: terms but Uh, but just uh, yeah sorry to interrupt but maybe to get a bit more perspective when you say okay i started applying in first year um were you just abandoning courses and cranking out eight applications a week or like okay what's the the kind of scope of this like how often would you apply to a job what is it once a week once a month um and so and were they all yeah. ghosted or did you get any meaningful feedback as well for for some um, of them at least
1: so i was doing the courses at the same time and then i was just trying to every time i got like something done during a course i tried to somehow jam it into my portfolio Be it like a, a super simple 2d game since i did programming we did simple 2d games in the the beginning in the first year courses and i was just taking those and trying to jab them into i had this a dropbox folder where I just uploaded stuff and tried to categorize them in some ways, like these are school projects, these are hobby stuff that I've done on Unity, and 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 here are some design documentation that I've done, and, and so on and so on. So I just try to keep like a very structured uh, Dropbox folder, which is easy to share then, or put it as part of uh, a job application. Like, you know, you write a motivation letter or a cover letter on like why you think you would be a good fit to the job. And then you add your CV, your resume, and if you have a portfolio, you just add a link to your portfolio so while I was doing the courses, I was just doing trying to you know update it every now and then when I had something new to to show or to add so it wasn't even like a super sexy website. you're just very pragmatically
0: a Dropbox folder well structured kind of by okay, like you said, this is this yeah. sort
1: of content that sort of content boom send it out i I wish. I had realized to make a super sexy website (laughs) but i didn't i just made a stupid boring word document or like a google docs document where i just write boring text (laughs) but do you think a super sexy website would have helped you out or uh maybe i it's hard to say like as a programmer you know I, i have no visual skills i have no ability to make stuff look nice so did, Don't of course box it's... yourself in. I believe <laughs> you, you.
0: took a graphics course in third year, and I, was like,
1: <laughs> I "I took it, but
0: I didn't pass the course." I have to admit. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, then maybe all hope is lost after. But uh, how many? How many? Back to the other question. So, how many applications did you do on average? Was it like, is it once a month? Or uh, I I did in the spring
1: of, uh, spring of um, the first year. Uh, I think I sent like three, four applications throughout the entire spring. Mm -hmm. And that was just uh i was just browsing through a couple companies that i was interested in and you know refreshing their website every i don't know once a week or once a month just checking like you know is there something available Mm -hmm. and then if there was something interesting uh i would send an application and you know usually it got it got ghosted but uh and over
0: over your entire 3 years until you got the job at fingersoft then we can get a bit more into the journey exactly how you yeah. got that but um w- what would you say like did it take five i mean definitely more than five if you did basically five in the first year already but did it take 10 20 50 100 applications until you until you got the one so to say
1: uh hmm good question i think it was closer to to Twenty different, around twenty-ish different mm-hmm. uh, places or positions or or jo- jobs or companies or whatever that I had talked to or looked at or sent an application to. So around around that mark, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you keep track
0: of it somewhere, or just? Uh...
1: Uh, I I do have a a list of the stuff that I had sent previously. It's not complete, but it has some that I realized to save. I realized quite late uh, that wait a minute actually I should save my applications and like you know that I know that I applied for this position and this is what I wrote in the motivation mm-hmm. letter before. So mm-hmm. I realized that too late that actually I should have stored it from the way, very beginning. But uh, why
0: what, what, why why is it helpful to store it other than to be able to look back and say they didn't want me? I'm gonna prove them wrong. But like, <laughs> is uh, there any is there any practical reason just to like learn like self scout? Look at what you've written and learn from it or or why would you want to yeah
1: it is it is from that point of view at least for me when i make something i can't evaluate it at that point like i i don't i can't personally see what's good or bad about it Mm Thing, but after six months or a year you go back to it and you look at it like oh okay now i see like okay this is why did i write this why did i put this as a like portfolio case and like you know why did i emphasize that personality trait when i should have probably emphasized this one so it just helps to first of all you know <laughs> hit your head on the wall on like you know why was I so stupid but the, it also helps to see kind of then you can easily track like that if your stuff is improving i see yeah no but i mean that's a very good tip i think
0: right like yeah. first of all just to maybe summarize some some actionable points people can take right now to improve their chances is whenever you make something document it mm-hmm. like write it down put it in a google drive and a dropbox um maybe even start having a sexy looking portfolio page. I mean, they're quite easy to build with like Wix or something. Use something like Semble, um, build a portfolio, right? And then the second step, if start applying early, even like you said, like, oh, I just learned what a pointer is. Let me try to get a senior programming position at CD Project Red. That sounds like a great idea. But just to get in the habit of, okay, how do I even write an application? What do what do I need to do? And then store those as well so that six, 12 months later, you can look back and say, okay, oh, I should have designed this better. Right? Because I, I think like what I heard through there is a bit writing an application is in a way like, Designing a game in and of itself, right? You have a very clear target audience. There's like some person that needs to read your application. They even tell you what type of fun they're looking for, so to say, right? They they tell you what they what they want if they want a critical thinker or a team player or a independent worker, right? And so you can kind of try out different game mechanics, so to say, to convince them to give you a job at the end of the day. So I think, and then like you said, it's good to to be able to look at your back catalog of applications and and yeah analyze them and improve cool um yeah then you did applications throughout your three years and none of them led to fingers off right so how at what point were you starting to get the night terrors and the cold sweats that you might not get a job and you quit quit your cozy salary before to become a game developer and now nothing. So so when, when was that point kind of, or did you ever get those sort of doubts or were you kind of confident all the way And And yeah,
1: how did you eventually get to Fingersoft? Yeah, that's, I had very little confidence that like I, I was good. I'm the type of person that I, I find it really hard to evaluate my own stuff. I, I need like someone else to tell me if this is good or bad and uh, other people have different ways of, of evaluating the work so for me it's important to like ask always ask like what do you think of this what do you think of that game like if you're making a game and prototyping my favorite part is always play testing it's so much fun just like seeing someone actually use or play the game that you have made and then you kind of see instantly like okay nothing works they don't the player doesn't they don't think the same way as you did as the designer. so, so it's, You enjoy the cringe of like... I enjoy just, the cringe very much. I also asked my, my brother to play this a lot since I was, you know, it was the pandemic online studies time. So I was back home in Finland and my brother lived quite near. So there weren't that many like game design people I could ask. So I just usually just sent a message to my brother like, you know, can you come play this to my games? And he was... Uh, <laughs> by the end, he was getting quite frustrated by <laughs> my constant requests. But, but is he but the, is he working in game design as well? Or is it just a no? No, no. He is. He, uh, we play Age of Empires two together with him, but that's I about see. his, his uh, uh gaming background. Oh, but it's uh, good to have someone with like a bit less
0: game literacy testing your games because then you got to make sure things are very clear. Like,
1: if you he know. he gave he gave very direct and honest feedback sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, it's like back to that that the job situation the it, I think it was like the beginning of January of third year so the last spring of studies so you're just about to begin your thesis you're just about to begin like you know grinding through whatever student credits that you're still missing and you know the pressure of graduating starts becoming very real at that point point. and uh I, I realized like okay crap I have no job waiting for me I have nothing waiting for me after I graduate or if I graduate, like first of all, I need to do that, and that's like an absolutely massive thing, you know, thing of itself, just to write a, write a thesis, and it's it's like it's, man, you gotta really prepare for that thing, it's it's really hard, but uh, at that point in January, I was, and this was in, this year 2022, in the January, and at the same time, I was thinking like, man, it kind of sucks that I've been doing. A, all the studies online i haven't really like been to any industry events because there haven't been any industry events some online but you know it's not really the same thing as meeting people in face-to-face so i, I was kind of bummed out that like you know i'm about to graduate and i haven't really actually met anyone from the industry and, and i barely meet you know the staff and the students at the school so like my, my you know students that start at the same time of course we've been talking a lot over discord and like stuff so it's not like we're you know, distant from each other, but it's it's kind of, you know, a bit bummer. I was feeling annoyed by that fact, and then coincidentally, an acquaintance of mine. I was talking with him, in I think it was late February or something, and he said he's going to GDC, and all of a sudden I realized like, wait a minute, GDC, that's like the big one. Uh, I thought it was canceled this year. Like, I it has been canceled canceled the whole time I have been studying, so it had been kind of out of, out of my uh mind because it's not an option but all of a sudden i realized like wait a minute actually it's it's going it's happening this year and uh i'll be damned if at least once during my study my entire studies here at you know the game design i visit i need to visit at least one industry event for you, you didn't even go to Gotland Game Conference, right? Well, we so, didn't have it. Like, yeah, it was online. I mean, it was
0: online. Yeah, and yeah, so GDC. Never- just, I just wanted to throw in for context: this Game Developers Conference and San Francisco, and like you said, arguably kind of the biggest industry event um, globally, probably that and Gamescom. Uh, or I think E3 is dead nowadays, but I think Gamescom and GDC are more. I mean, E3 is more like consumer-facing, but uh, GDC and Gamescom are more uh yeah, yeah for developers to meet up
1: but yeah and these and the and the, our school back in gotland is always talking about their own conference organized for the students to showcase the student games called ggc gotland game conference which you know people were hyping up like it's this amazing thing it's so cool there's so many people and all the games are freaking amazing but uh us who started in 2019 we never got to see that live we just saw the online events which were really cool but you know it's It's not the same thing as as being there physically so i was i realized like okay holy crap gdc is happening i haven't been to a single industry event like live industry event doing my studies hmm one plus one i I think here's something i need to do and then i i actually i started asking the staff of our school like does the school have this kind of like you know uh support for students who would like to visit these events and uh I hit a couple dead ends from, uh, so I was asking like, the, are there stuff like that? And a couple dead ends like mm, there isn't. But I I I kept asking like different people, and then all of a sudden it turned out there is uh, one place where you can apply for some support to to go visit these events. And and then I did the application, and uh, but I didn't to start I didn't, to jump
0: in again. But for anyone else that wants to also go to GDC. Who did you talk to and how can you apply
1: it? <laughs> uh, I, I Is it Madeleine I can... that you need to talk to or mm, I I don't I think you'll have to ask around. You, you'll probably have to find out yourself where but uh But it's that like one page form where you can Yeah it's a form, it's like there. a Google form. And uh, it's like you can ask for support for you know different kind of stuff. And that's from the department, right? It's not yeah, it's, it's it's, from the university. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I think it's from the university, mm-hmm. but I'm not entirely sure. Like, how the practical side goes. Like, who is the actual official organization or entity that is the one approving these things? So I see. Yeah. So that's why I. It's hard to say, but uh, I did the application, and then I didn't hear anything back from them for a while. I was like, okay, that, like okay, I guess like you know, it's, it's a dud. It's it's like you know, futile, false hope. I was like, okay, damn it, I'm just gonna go there myself, and then, and then I sent again messages to the staff like, I'm going to GDC. If there's anything I can do to help the school in organizing GDC, maybe I can ask around if I meet someone, I can talk to them. If you know, if they happen to be nearby, they can come visit the event. And you know, I I just tried to offer that I can be also help. Try to help the school while I'm there. And, uh, but yeah, then I flew there and. You know, I'm a student. I don't know anyone. I'm just walking around at the event. I have no idea what's going on and, and like what to even do at the event. Like, um, I've never been to a GDC before. Like, so what do you do? And you didn't have a game plan
0: going there. You just came to, okay, I'm going to see what, what's going to happen and kind of react on the fly. Or did you have a little bit of a strategy going there? Where you're like, this is, I'm going to look
1: around, but also I'm going to do this because I need a job. Or... Mm-hmm. Well, my, I had like two thoughts in my mind. And first of all just get to know people from the industry so just go out there and talk to them usually at these kinds of events people are pretty open to talk because you know they're there to meet each other especially after those tough years of being online and uh so everybody was pretty open to talk and then secondly i had my games that i've done as a student so i could show them off and ask for advice from real actual game developers who have worked on big projects and stuff so it, it was uh those two things were in my mind and at the event I was just you know walking around uh, if I saw someone at a table I went to talk to them like you know if they looked like they felt like you know they wanted to talk and not you know if they're eating something you maybe don't want to go bother them but you know if, if you're sitting there and someone looks like they're open for a discussion and just you know start a conversation break the ice <laughs> some way I don't know whatever suits yourself and then just start talking and you know who the, who are they what are you doing and then if the conversation goes well maybe you can even ask them, like, hey, I've made this game. Would you like to take a look? I'm a student, so you know, setting the expectations. And then then they either play the game and say, like, oh, this is actually pretty good and give you some feedback, like do this, do that, or maybe you think about this. Or then they they just say, Hmm, great. And then you realize, like, okay, I think my game is probably not up to standard shit.
0: <laughs> I see. So but then the 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 good insight there's right don't disturb people while they're eating uh that's i think important right but um generally you didn't run up to people and are like give me a job now you know or like anything like that but you kind of you just came up you tried to have normal conversation tried to be social uh get out of your comfort zone i guess i mean i I assume it wasn't the easiest thing ever to just start talking to random people and chat up random people across the conference um do you have any like first of all would you agree that it's kind of important to maybe genuinely be interested in rather getting to know the person versus having this like focus and aim on like oh I gotta get a job out of this right like I'd argue that that's the better approach to actually making contacts and eventually getting something is to not just play the game for the sake of getting a job out of it on the other end right but just be genuinely interested in other people and if the stars align something will happen and otherwise you've just met an acquaintance and that's good rather than just cheesily asking for a job and then no one wants to talk to you anymore afterwards right um would you agree that that's the case and then maybe talk a bit about okay what's your game plan or or do you have any tips for people to randomly chat up other folks at conferences like how do you get over your inner gamer anxiety and overcome (laughs) overcome your basement mentality and start talking to people
1: yeah so on top of all of that I I agree like you're there to meet people if you want to show off your game one way is to just grab a table somewhere and sit there and have your game open so then people can come to you and like you know like hey what are you you have something to show can I try it out and like that that is usually better if you want to actually show your game and get feedback. If you, but mainly just being there, getting to know people is 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 the best approach. And and uh, I'll actually make one correction to that that eating thing. Like if someone is eating with headphones on, they're looking at their phone, then don't disturb them. But if you're sitting at a table, if some other people come there to eat lunch, you know, and they look like they're talking around, obviously, like that's everyone is open for the discussion because you're all sitting at the same table but uh being uh being a person from Finland we're not really like uh known to be very outgoing and like you know being very sociable so that's one thing and then being a gamer in a basement dweller on top of that it's like the ultimate level of like ultimate outside of your comfort thing to do so it it was it just had to like swallow my pride many times and just like go there and, and Sometimes I really failed badly with with like trying to open a discussion and, and really hit like really go in on the wrong time and then you just feel like an idiot that you know just you really disturb someone and you know but uh, people go to the industry events to meet other people from the industry, so go there to meet other people.
0: Yeah. And so you ran around the conference for a couple of days um chatting with folks. Uh maybe getting some to play your game how did you did you have any system of 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 keeping track who you talk to and like because at the end of the day like if you run around for two three days and you talk to 100 people like that's not worth it anything either right and even though you're there to get to know other people it is also valuable to then be able to reach out to someone after the fact if you see oh this company has a position open i know this person let me text them and right but then if you just remember i talked to someone at xyz company but i have no idea who this was i have no idea how to get in contact with them anymore like then it it was kind of yeah, wasted labor as well in a sense right all of this getting out of your comfort zone and uh surviving cringy moments went away so did you, did you have any any sort of system to make sure that after the fact you could follow up that you could that you
1: remembered who you talked to what you talked about etc yeah so this is uh Again, kind of like what I've done with the applications, I've documented them, like what I've applied to and what I've you know, written. Uh, I Usually, if I talk to someone for a long time, I, I usually, I, you, you have to write down like, their name and what you talked about. Or if they, have, if they give you a business card, you can write it on the business card itself. Like, you know, this was the topic because you, you will not remember after three, four days who you talked to and what you talk them, to them about. And everyone else is also in the same situation like you know so what i what i did is the talks at gdc are super interesting so people talk telling about like uh how they designed a level for the last of us i think it was the last of us part two for example at, at that specific event i went to and it was super interesting and at you know you're just sitting there in the audience and at that point you're like this to it, you come up with cool ideas and then you write down those ideas and while you're doing that you're gonna be like oh yeah i talked to this guy about this topic and you can write it down at the same time so it's it's like a it's like a good balance if you're outside meeting people talking to them and then you go listen to the talk sit down just calm your mind take in the super useful and interesting content and then write stuff down while you're there so so but it, it makes sense to to write down what you've talked talked with people mm-hmm. and what their name was and you just you're a
0: notebook person just carry pen and paper basically or did you like notes app on the phone,
1: or uh i I think I used my phone. I like pen and paper, but it's very easy to lose <laughs> so phone phone is is pretty convenient,
0: and did you, apart from getting business cards, did you like ask people for the email address, or did you connect with people on LinkedIn on the spot or 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 was it not even? that you weren't like that focused on getting connections out of it so uh
1: you, people usually give their business cards, business cards out it's pretty commonplace i didn't have any business cards myself because well I, I what do i have to, <laughs> to represent myself this is timo <laughs> yeah. but uh but uh if i talked for a longer time with a person and like you know we had a good conversation then i might send an invitation on linkedin afterwards just saying like hey it was nice chatting to you about this at gdc Mm -hmm. or at the event name just so it's it's like that's one way to also remember
0: yeah yeah and do you have any notable experiences during gdc was there any because i i mean we've talked before a bit about this but so so eventually you met the people from fingersoft and then that kind of started kicking off the rocks that led to you having the job that you have now but were there other people that you met before that where you said like oh I hit it off with them and they invited me to apply or there was an interesting position and I or, or, or something along that or was it just the mm. Fingersoft event at the
1: or the, the, the that encounter at the end that was the only so there was at this event specifically there was a huge gang from CD Project Red like a huge crowd like a bunch of different people like senior level people And from, you know, junior to senior level people were there. And there was a bunch of them and, you you know, you you bump into them every now and then. Even one of the, I think it was one of the senior cinematic people. There was a playtesting event at GDC where I went to showcase my game. So there's like, you know, 50 other games from people that they're showcasing and then people can go there and play them. It was a lot of fun.
0: And you have to sign up for that uh, when you register for the event? Or how did
1: uh, it? I think there was an announcement at some point. Like, there's this, please sign up for it. Like during
0: the event or like in the email communications that you got leading up to? Uh, it, it was
1: so- one of them. I don't remember exactly when there was the announcement of that, but like you should, if you're going to GDC, just try to find out everything that's happening at the event. Mm-hmm. And so I went there. I was showcasing our tower defense game that we worked on during the game design and practice course in the, the fall before. And one of the CD project Red, Like cinematic people came and played the game and I was like holy crap this is like some like this is some like you know this is the real deal here it's like you know someone is actually they're playing the game and they're smiling and they're having a good time it's like my god like that my heart was racing it's like oh like holy crap what's what's going on over here and then they played it they had a good time and they said like yeah well this is this is is a good start and that for me is like mind-blowing it's like oh my god like you know someone at that level from this kind of company, CD Project Red, is complementing the stuff that I've made. It's super amazing. But then they were, of course, the, the the people were handing out flyers like we have these positions open. Please go to our website and apply to these positions if, if you think you're a good fit. So and so you did that? I I I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh but yeah, so there was a bunch of different people like. If you go, to someone asks, like, can you give me a job? Usually they say, like, we have a website. We have the jobs there. Or here's our recruiting person. Please talk to them. Because mm-hmm. the person you're talking to may not be able to actually. <laughs> Very rarely can they hire you on the spot. Just by looking at your face value. But, uh, uh, so I was walking around the event for, like, you know, the whole time. And this sounds made up, but it, it happened at, like, the last hour of the last day. In the event i i swear i swear this is true but it may, sounds made up i was walking around there was this uh, booth area where they had like indie studios presenting their games like small and young indie studios and i was there just playing their games they had like uh the un- unpacked guys were there well i suppose they're not small and and not you know but anyways like they were there they had you know the people from their company there present the game there was some other stuff as well and it was cool, just you know, playing everybody's games and, and talking to the developers. It's, it's you know, you get a lot of ideas, and they can give you a lot of feedback. And then at the very last hour, I was walking and I saw this like stand, fingersoft, and I, I didn't know them from before, so I googled the name. I was like, oh, it's a company from Finland. Uh, I don't know if I should talk to them because you know, I can meet them back in Finland, and I'm here in California on the other side of the world. Why should I come here to to meet? with other people from Finland. But then I figured like, ah, it's the last hour, might as well talk to them. And then I go talk to them. They were super nice. Uh, we had a good chat, a couple of chuckles, and they said like, yeah, here's, here's our brochure. Like he, these are the positions we have available. And uh, one of the positions was the LiveOps content trainee. And then I didn't apply straight away, but it was like a few weeks later when I came back to Finland, to home, that I applied and any
0: of the people you met there are you working with them now uh still uh, or
1: i've i've met them a couple times the fingersoft has like over 100 employees and we have two offices one in helsinki and one in olo and i'm currently working at the helsinki office mm-hmm. and the people who were at the event are in olo office so I see. when when we mix up together we meet each other i see and did they
0: During that chat, or or how was your experience? So, people give you this brochure, but do they also say, Oh, from our discussion, it seems like this could apply to you, or like, Oh, this is a position that could work for you, or or do you get because uh, you mentioned to me before we recorded this that okay, you were specifically looking for these sort of traineeship, internship, kind of junior positions, right? So, that was one criteria that you brought into the search, but did you get any feedback where people were like, Okay, No, you don't don't have to do because like I mean you study programming. Why now a live ops content, right? Like how how do you even know what that means? Like, do you get this sort of discussion with people where they're like, okay, oh, this is actually what the position is. I think you could fit, you would enjoy the sort of work there.
1: Yeah, so well, first of all, live ops content means uh, I create more playable stuff for players. So we we have weekly events for for players for at Hill Climb Racing too, and then I'm there making content and levels and, and stuff. But yeah, uh, you're right. I, I did study programming as my minor, but game design as my major. So that of course I was a bit mixed up in my head. Like you know, am I a programmer or am I a game designer? Which one comes first? Or does it matter in the end of the day? But uh, so I applied for. I had applied previously for programming jobs, game design jobs, so it's like I I didn't really have a preference one way or the other. I just I had studied programming specifically as a minor. Yeah. But uh, I I think the school also emphasizes like you're studying game design first, and then you're doing that for a minor. So you're uh, all game designers. Yes. yes, and I and I did participate in an art course. So so basically an artist. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: No, but. Um... I mean, very interesting. And then maybe we can talk a bit about because you you mentioned when you when you first started applying to to jobs in the first year, it was kind of like oh thanks for applying and then nothing, right? Yeah. Um, I assume FingerSoft wasn't the only job where you managed or the only application where you managed to get like a more meaningful answer and maybe an interview. So can you maybe talk about how was it? And, and maybe FingerSoft was the only one, but how was it? getting a bit further into different application processes how is the experience like uh, or how was it for you kind of does it start with okay we'd like to have a chat or oh cool now do this work test then we have a chat and can, can you just yeah talk a little bit about how that was for you with different applications that you had ongoing how how was it going past the first stage and and how far did you get in different processes before you Eventually landed where you landed.
1: Uh let's see. I have to really think hard here. Cause <laughs> to be honest, I think it was ninety, ninety-nine percent that ghosted me. So like it was thank you for the application, and then nothing. Just complete silence. There was one where I got a couple rounds of interviews. Uh they showed me the game and I we played it and I, I told my thoughts about the game. And uh uh, I had to do a personality test, which was quite new. So they asked me to do like, you know, they wanted to know what kind of personality I am. And, uh, and then based on that, they would see how I fit in, in the team. But uh, the, I think that was all very specific to that specific company. But uh, no, I didn't make it to interviews much at all. I think this job that I have LiveOps content training is, I think it's the one that I actually had interviews. I had one other interview, which was the personality test one and, and then this and all the rest were just ghost.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> this one was the only one where you you mentioned, OK, you played a bit of the game and you discussed the game. Um, I mean, for a personality test, there isn't much to prepare. But for another interview, like, for example, for this job, when it went, went a bit more towards the kind of technical interviewing side or like you mentioned, OK, look at the game what would you do here kind of right questions how how do you prepare for that how do you prepare for the later stages of the of the processor how did you prepare for that
1: well at at that point it's just it's pretty much your experience as a game designer and how you look at it how you look at the game how you see and it's also it's it's not just like a monologue of you telling i think it should be like this i think it should be like that it's more you know talking with that interviewer like where do you see this game going? Why do you want to do it like this? And how? Like it's it's just a discussion. You ask them like, what do you what would you like to do with the game? Where would you like to take it? And and you know it's more of like a back and forth, which which is uh, maybe a better way to approach it than just they asking what would you do, and then you just give them you know a big list of stuff that you think should be done.
0: Yeah. So first of all, treat treat the interview a bit more like a brainstorming session, not
1: like a TED talk.
0: Yeah, because so ultimately,
1: you... ultimately it is you're working at a team. It's not one person. It's, mm-hmm. it's a team. And you know, a team works together. They brainstorm together. So that that usually is, is a good way. Uh, for, for this specific job, that so first of all, I've applied to producer internship roles. I applied to programming internship roles. I applied to various different like categories of of jobs, so not just programming or not just game design in general. So so, and they they all ghosted me. So, <laughs> but uh, here when when I got the invitation to the interview for the LiveOps content training at Fingersoft, I basically at that point since I've been ghosted so many times, I I was like okay like this is it like this is my moment like you know I finally get to an interview. And holy crap, like, you know, I need to be ready. Like, this is, finally, I get a chance to showcase. And, and that's kind of, at least for me, it was a moment like, you know, this kind of doom music kicks in moment. You're like, okay, this is like everything I ever got, like, you know, all in. And then just like, what I did, I, I spent hours and hours and hours on YouTube, looking at people play the game, and YouTubers playing Hill Climb Racing too. I read through every single review I could find. On the Google Play Store, it's a, it's a mobile game. Uh, so all the reviews I could find on Google Play, on the Apple App Store, uh, and just read everything I could find, and then I made this huge uh, Google Sheets file where I just added everything I could find, and I, I tried to analyze the data and I tried to make these like charts and stuff based on like you know if someone gives you know a certain star amount rating, like, and what did they write? I tried to figure out. If there's a way I can create this word cloud, it, what people are saying, I started. It code uh, from, the themes from the yeah exactly yeah, like yeah. from the feedback from what people have given and comments from YouTube's uh, YouTube videos, which uh, which was a lot of fun reading the,
0: through those. So that research uh, theory and method actually came in handy, basically, <laughs> right? So. Yeah,
1: it's it's like just going through everything and like packaging it nicely. And mm-hmm. then I went on their fingerslot website. I took their brand colors and I colored the whole Google Sheets with their brand, so it, it looks like as official as possible that I could make. Obviously, make I don't have their resources as a you know when I'm an applicant, but I tried to do everything I could. And uh, then I started coming up with levels uh, for the game, just like ideas, and I played the game for hours and hours and hours and hours.
0: How did you come up with, uh, with levels kind of before the interview? Did you just sketch them and, and paint uh, like a proper programmer? <laughs> or how did, you, how did you go about that? Or because, I mean, you didn't have access to edit, to the engine, of course. So you couldn't like, actually prototype or build levels. Yeah, so did you, did you hack together something and started uh, prototyping
1: levels? So how did you do that? I realized now I could have done it much smarter. <laughs> but I just threw them like on paper, like different ideas on like, topics and stuff. Like themes for levels topics for levels uh and this kind of stuff but it, it was really like doom music kicks in and like you know this is it like all or nothing like you know so you I basically
0: really so you basically worked uh, as if you had the job for a month before you ever did the interview in way, yeah, right? yeah yeah
1: yeah it, it's like you know because I, I was really feeling the pleasure, pressure because this was i think this was Late March, April, something like that. I don't remember exactly. But mm-hmm. around this time, so I was like, I'm about to graduate in a few months and like you know, I have nothing waiting for me. So like I I've given I've been given a chance now, finally, after all the ghost things from different companies. Like now, let's go. Yeah, I
0: see. And then how did that go in the interview? Were they impressed with your color-coded uh analysis of 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 six thousand google play reviews or or kind of like yeah how because like did you even have an opportunity to bring that up or did you send it in beforehand or
1: uh i i showed it in the interview like we were talking and and they seemed to i think they liked it i think they they seemed to to like what i showed them and perhaps i left a good mark you'd probably have to ask them (laughs) but uh but uh, I got a second round of interviews, and uh, then a third round. And then at that point it was just a discussion like, so when can you start? And what was the second and third round about? What did you do uh, there? So first it was just like introduction, like who are, you know, just getting to know each other. Then the second round was, again, just continuing where we left off, if I remember correctly. And then there was the my team lead and the producer for the game were, were there in the interviews. And before that, it was just
0: like their hiring manager or recruiter, HR people. No, I, were... th- I think
1: it was uh, my team lead and the producer of the game in both both rounds. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the end, HR was involved because it was about practicality and stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: starting the job, contract negotiation. Yeah.
0: yeah, was there much of that, or did they just put it in front of you and? take it or leave it kind of or did you get to negotiate your salary and and so on uh well there was
1: of course like the case i'm still a student and i well i told them i would like to start right away i haven't graduated yet but i i am willing to start right away mm-hmm. but then from their side they were like you know it's a month come on dude graduate please yeah <laughs> so also,
0: oh, it was it was basically like in may when when you had the interview with them
1: yeah so yeah yeah so I, I had the job i I flew back to so this whole spring I had been in Finland studying online mm-hmm. uh, despite the staff protesting the idea of me being online and me protesting their protests because I told them like I need to find a job and i 'm sorry I need to be here where the jobs are mm-hmm. so we had a bit of back and forth there but uh, but uh, then for May, I came back to Visby, to Gotland. To, to finish up the thesis, and there was a Scotland game conference, I still mm-hmm. had an apartment there that I had to empty, mm-hmm. but by the time I came back to Wiesbu to in early May, I had already signed the contract. I see. and they
0: made you do the smart thing of just getting through your thesis, making your yeah. mom proud, getting another degree. Yes, yes. Cool. no, but um, very nice. Um, maybe we can chat, and we have yeah maybe for another 10 minutes or so and let's see if there are some questions from the audience because if you come to the live recording of these podcasts then after we stop the recording we want to do a bit of q a questions get to know each other um with whoever we're interviewing and so today we're gonna have some questions for you um hopefully maybe but um before we get there i think it would be a bit interesting to talk about what do you even do nowadays? Like how, what is, what is your job? How is that day to day? How is it? Because it, I assume it's very different working at a hundred uh, person company than a five or a nine person team at the university um, where are more specialized. And generally you, you talked a bit about already, okay, as a LiveOps uh, content person, uh, you, you create these this weekly content uh, for hill climb racing too how does that work how is that scheduled what's the process kind of can you can you walk us through that a bit uh, uh, a day in the life for you at work basically or, or maybe a week at work how what are your roles what are your responsibilities um yeah chat a bit about that
1: yeah that's uh it's pretty interesting stuff so there's at the moment there's two of us working on live ops content so we do just it's mainly level design, but it's a little bit of game design. So uh, me and my team lead, he's he's a really great guy. He's really been supportive of me with uh, learning the stuff, and he's you know really there helping me out all the time because you know I'm I'm a total noob and I'm just learning. And he's 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 a really cool guy. But uh, 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 like a typical week is we have a schedule that goes months ahead of different events uh, that we want to have. There's different kinds of events. There's public events which anyone can play if they just have the game. There are team events which are more uh, competitive. And and, uh, there are different types of games. There's a cargo event type where you have to you have this big wagon behind you and you have a lot of stuff on it. And it's, 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 a, it's basically a physics-based uh, 2D racing game. So it's a lot of, you know, bumping around and flipping and flopping and it's 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 pretty fun to play. But, uh, you know, one of them is a the cargo and you have to transport the cargo without it flying away while you're driving on this bouncy road. And the more you can take to the, the goal, the more, you know, the better score you get. Uh, there's stuff that like be as fast as possible there's uh, all kinds of variations to it. So there's a little bit of game design in that coming up with like, how do we utilize the existing stuff that we have in the game, the assets or the, the codes or the different gameplay modes that we already have, and how do we create new content with that. And then then once we have that set in a, like a big calendar schedule, it's like, OK, we have this type of game, this type of event, this type of event. We have a cargo event. We have a be as fast as possible event. We have a moon event where the gravity is a little bit different. So the game plays a bit differently. Then we start creating the content for them. And the pipeline is, is, uh, depending on the event type and how big the event or or whatnot, it can range from two, three weeks. Beforehand, we start creating the event or the, the content for the event, so the actual levels or it can be up to 4 months if it's a bigger bigger type of uh level or content package that we're creating or even up to 5 months so it, it varies a lot but where we're always working uh a lot ahead so but yeah so once once the plans is set up and you know we've gone through like okay these are the next events coming up in a few months then we just start working on the actual levels themselves and what does that mean? How uh, how
0: does it look like to work on a level? Like we talked about like for your interview, okay, you just did sketches on paper. I'm sure nowadays you don't just do sketches of paper, but maybe you still start with sketches of paper. So how how does that work? Do you start with a sketch on paper, take a picture, send it over? Do you start kind of mocking things up in engine as soon as possible and start play testing and then sharing it? How How, how does that look like the process of actually creating a level?
1: So, um, be- that's a really good question. It's the, the levels themselves for the events are usually around 30 seconds. It takes, if you're really good, you can do it You know, less than 10 seconds, depending on how big the level, how long the level is. Like it varies a lot, but around like 30 seconds. So they're not very long. So in terms of like level design, to really, at least what I do, I try to focus on like one thing that's unique in in one level and try to focus on that, making that interesting, and kind of you know having the the setup for the one interesting thing, then the interesting thing and then some sort of like reward or some you know way to release the pressure from from the player if you know if, if it's a really difficult tight squeeze that they have to go through or or a long jump or or something, for example, so just trying to like figure out, but usually it takes a long time to get to that like what is interesting about this it's just. Sometimes it's a lot of doodling, just coming up with like different ideas for levels. You look at it like, mm, I don't know, like this, and then you start playing it, and you're like, mm, this is really boring. Uh, sometimes you take something, some existing level sh- uh, type, and you play that around, play around with that for a bit, and then you switch it up a few times. Uh, there's many different ways, but usually it takes, you know, five, six iterations of one level before it starts reaching the point, like, okay, I think this is okay. Not great, but okay. And at that point, usually the level is uh, good enough, that it's not buggy and, you know, it it doesn't break the game. Then you pass it on to QA, uh, quality assurance, and then they start playing the game, the level with, like, different vehicles and different settings and different... uh, customizations to kind of see like, you know, if there's stuff that could trigger bugs or whatever, and then there's a little bit of back and forth with that. And uh, then the level also, you know, gets upgraded as it becomes more interesting and as more interesting stuff, you know, is found. So it's it's me and, and the team lead playing the levels and, you know, coming up with stuff together as well. Do you have some sort
0: of data? or analytics from maybe previous events, previous levels, where you can see how many people played them, how often a given player replays them to kind of see, okay, this idea we had is amazing, right? Like if you would be making YouTube videos, you could see, okay, this one has a lot of views or a lot of like thumbs up, right? But like with a game, if you don't have any sort of feedback system for you as a designer or developer, I mean, it's difficult for you to run around town and in the subway try to find someone that's playing hill climb racing too and like peek yeah. over their shoulder and ask them questions after it's kind of because this is what we do at the education a lot right there's like you have these play test sessions you sit there you look at people play do this like observational uh study basically or maybe you ask them or have them fill out the questionnaire while you stare over their shoulder to make sure that they check that they love the game you know kind of um But do you have so do you have any systems there that help you figure out which of the content that you created was successful with your player base so that you can kind of going forward, say, okay, hmm, the time trial ones actually very successful. But if you have two of them in a month, not so successful. So maybe one of them a month or. Oh, this sort of level with this sort of mechanics seems super great. Let's try to explore that again further down the line. Do you have any any sort of data-driven design system going on? There is, a,
1: uh, of course, there is a lot of data since the Climb Racing franchise has over 2 billion downloads at this point, which is quite a lot, I think. Uh, so there is a lot of data and there's an entire data and analytics team, which is quite commonplace in, in game studios uh i can't go too too deep into that stuff on, on details but there is a lot of data and, and we get to see how different events perform we, we get to see how different levels perform we get to see how, how players react to the stuff but uh end of the day uh especially the, my team lead who has been working on the event stuff for a longer time you start getting a pretty good touch as well like like just from experience, like how much variety you should have in, in the game, and, and uh, uh, of course, the data helps in making informed decisions. But you know, it's it's also a lot of making keeping it fresh as well for the players, so it, it doesn't start feeling grindy. a mm-hmm. sense. Or at yeah, least or... that's the that's the you know ideals that we want to achi- you know achieve. It probably doesn't always come up that way, but at least that's what we're striving to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you ever do some sort of like A-B testing where you have like one event running or like one version of a level running for half your player base and then another version of the level for the other one? Or is it by the time you're kind of done with making a level for an event or a content for an event that goes out to everyone at once all it's over a, the
1: world? It's, it's once the event is done, it goes out. So we, we, it's, it's for everyone.
0: I see. But I mean, you do one every week, right? So you have a lot of kind of data points there to compare. Yeah. What, there's what there's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is this typically where you have like, a, after it's out two, three days later, you have a sit down with the analytics team and they walk you through, okay, this is how it performed. This is what worked really well. This is like this metric, like engagement metric that went up compared to last week's event. Or how does it, I, I understand that you can't, leak specific kind of business metrics of course right yeah you can't can't tell us like concrete numbers but maybe a bit because i think this is something that we don't do that much in the education here this kind of quantitative and data-driven design so i think it's very fascinating to hear about how how that might impact uh your your day-to-day life as a designer to to be able to get this feedback at scale and to get
1: kind of data to inform your decisions well we, we work together with the in a uh analytics team as well as the the community community management team so we have two different uh perspectives from it so we hear it you know we can get the we can hear it directly from the players which is super valuable and it's really you know you have to be really grateful that the, the players are vocal and they like to talk about the game and they give feedback so it's, it's really you know thing that we try to cherish and keep players engaged and it's it's you know it's very humbling to have players play the game and enjoy it and, and talk about it as well and interact with the developers. And then on the other side, we have of course the analytics stuff where we can see the, the data itself. So we, we get like two different points of view. Do they ever, they ever disagree? Is there ever like uh, everyone <laughs> loved this, but no one actually played it for much or uh, for a uh, long time? Uh, specific thing comes to mind. One event that I worked on, so I made the levels and like the, the whole thing. It was A while ago i remember watching one youtube video of the event itself and which itself is crazy it's like you know stuff that i've made is now on youtube like people Mm -hmm. are playing it and they're commenting on it and and, you know there's this kind of openness and this kind of openness and then I, i saw like one guy one one person on the internet wrote nice event and i was like oh my god someone said that like they said that about my thing like i should remove everything from my cv from my <laughs> linkedin i should just put that like a screenshot of that one comment nice event she says I your header on your on <laughs> exactly. your
0: linkedin profile hands yes.
1: i like that i i, mel- <laughs> I, I, I melted when i saw that i was like oh my god like somebody complimented yeah. the thing
0: <laughs> so that's for you i i assume it just means a lot more if it's like a person that writes it than to say oh this number went up by 10 percent. good job or like yeah, I, it's, yeah,
1: it's, yeah it's it's both it's both Obviously, mm-hmm. of course but mm-hmm. uh, uh, but just you know being just a few months ago just a student really struggling to graduate to you know making content and then all of a sudden it's on YouTube people are talking about it it's 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 bizarre oh wild well, right yeah.
0: yeah I know very I mean super fascinating stuff um, I mean we could talk for another hour probably about how exactly you make levels and and play test them and um, when the handoff exactly happens and how you keep track of all of this internally but I think this has been really really interesting to kind of hear how you got from yeah a sailing trip leading you into the VSP harbor to now making levels for hill climb racing too Uh, a long long journey it was very very cool to talk about it thank you so much for for taking part I think it's slowly time to wrap it up we've been at it for an hour
1: and around 15 minutes now Um, oh my goodness well thank you so much for for inviting me and and hopefully we didn't make too many mistakes this being the first in the series well we'll find out soon together let's see uh, if we also get some positive youtube comments underneath this video Um, we can can cringe we can cringe together in, in six months when (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes no, please I, got it
1: afterwards. <laughs> I will need the emotional support but yeah thank
0: you so much um i'd say let's wrap up the recording and then as a reminder if you show up in the future to the live recordings you get to ask questions directly to our guest and we're gonna do that now without recording it so that we can have a yeah relaxed conversation and hope to see or hear you
1: all back two weeks from now goodbye Bye. Oh mm-hmm.